Praise the Lord. Good morning. Hallelujah. I like starting uh, Christmas celebration so early. How about you? We get another week of Christmas messages next week, and we get a Christmas dinner today. And so praise the Lord. Enjoy. Enjoy the fellowship today. Hallelujah. Turn in, if you would, in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. And get this, verse 76. Isn't that something? Verse 76. Luke 1, 76. It says, And you, my little son... Oh, by the way, I'm reading from the Living Bible, which is kind of a little bit of a paraphrase, but it reads so well, so you may... Follow along, but if you've got a different version, it'll it'll read just a little bit different. But just listen to how this reads. You, my little son, shall be called the prophet of the glorious God. You will prepare the way for the Messiah. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. All this will be because the mercy of our God is very tender, and heaven's dawn is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and death's shadow and to guide us to the way or path of peace. The little boy greatly loved God and when he grew up he lived out in the lonely wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would speak your holy word, Lord, that you would speak it uh, through me, Lord God. Hide me and allow me to speak uh, your word, Lord. Give us ears to hear and learn together, Lord, from your throne, Lord. And uh, Lord, I pray that we would not only hear, but it would help change us, Lord God, change our families, Lord, change our world around us, Lord. And I pray all these things in your name. Lord Jesus, and everybody in agreement says, Amen. Hallelujah. Um, how many uh, have ever noticed how many Christmas songs are centered around um, the home? Like so much about Christmas. How many are like that? You think of home when you think about Christmas. You think about family. You think about being home and And um, I was really thinking about this as I was writing this message. The Holy Spirit was putting this on my heart about home. And so the title of my message is The Way Home. And uh, back in 1945, there's a famous Christmas song. And um, it was written during World War II. And uh, how many think if you uh, were in serving in World War II, which is probably the greatest of all wars, um, the biggest um, probably war that we've ever had. And how many think if you were serving overseas and it was Christmas, uh, you would think about being home? And if you had a child that were overseas, um, you would be thinking, man, I wish they were home for Christmas. And uh, so in 1945, uh, you guys probably have heard the song many times, I'll be home for Christmas. And um, and then it says, it's kind of a sad song because it was written for those who were in the military at the time. And it says, I'll be home for Christmas. And it says, if only in my dreams. And so uh, what the person is doing is they're not able to be home. 
And so that song became so famous because in their mind, how many know they're celebrating Christmas at home only in their dreams? And so I started thinking about this, um, how much of Christmas and Christmas songs um, is about being with family and being at home and how much of it is memories and, you know, like even something like as mild as I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. How many know that is uh, somebody looking back and remembering uh, when they were a child and the Christmas it was snowing and they remember everybody was all snuggled together in the house and maybe they were a child at the time or maybe they had children at the time. And how many can see a grandmother just sitting and reminiscing about the memories of having all of her kids around her? And, and, um, and so there's all these dreams about home. And uh, even, you know, some that we don't even understand, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. How many have ever uh, roasted chestnuts on an open fire? Anybody ever done that? I've never done that. But you can see what they're trying to get at. Home, uh, it's one of the few times that we, that we really stop everything. And we really spend time with family and we spend time at home. And, and uh, every Christmas card that you see, how many of you know so many... Things are about being with family and being together and, and pictures of home. And, but how many know that a lot of the things that we dream of during the holidays doesn't always happen that way? How many would agree with that? You got a picture and you're like, man, you know, and, 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 and this was a quote that I've seen from a writer. It says, um, every Christmas functions like kind of a time machine for us. It takes us back to every Christmas we've ever spent on this earth. For some, it's the smell of pine, the taste of roast turkey. It's mom and dad sitting around sipping coffee. It's kids playing with their new puppy uh, and rolling around in wrapping paper. For others, it's a reminder of the life that that never was. They looked all their lives through other people's windows at such scenes of domestic Joy, but they've never been an insider. How many think that's probably true that everybody looks back at Christmas? How many think it's like a time machine? Isn't it amazing how Christmas makes you look back and makes you remember so many good memories? And I think everybody filters those memories in different ways. There are some people that are absolute optimists and they cannot wait for Christmas because it's every good memory that I've ever had in my memory bank for Christmas, and it's all coming together at one time, and they're just bubbling over with Christmas. How many know somebody like that? And it's just, man, I can't wait for Christmas. My family, everybody's together. And and then there are some that are more realist. Yeah, I love Christmas, but, you know, um, you may, it may be Christmas. How many remember the movie where Cousin Eddie is emptying his RV in the front yard? And I may actually... Experience that this Christmas, you know. <laughs> I had to, I'm sorry. <laughs> but how I many know there are so many memories, but there are some that, like I said, they, they, they don't have all those memories and, and it's sad. But how many know in some ways we all live in a broken world? In fact, we would call that a broken home, right? I mean, know that sometimes when you're in a broken home, you don't have all the same memories. 
right? And you look back and there's pain and there's suffering and there's different things. And I'm getting depressing here this morning, I know, but I'm going to come back later, okay? Just stay with me. But how many know in some ways we all kind of have a broken home? You start looking around and there's people that aren't there anymore that used to be there. And you look back and have all those wonderful memories and, you know, there's health situations, there's financial situations, and there's lots of things that make it feel broken. And there's different feelings that come. Some people are really, really hopeful. I mean, they're full of hope, they're, they're excited, they're, and then there are other people that are hopeless this time of year. And so for both people, this message, number one, is for those who are hopeful, I want to make sure your hope is in the right place, that you've deposited in the right place so you're not disappointed, you're excited, and you're full of hope all the time. How many want to be full of hope all the time? And the, the, the baby that was born on Christmas will give you an unlimited amount of joy and hope for an entire lifetime, and he will put you on the road to home. But if you're hopeless, today I want to introduce you to to hope. I want you to be hopeful. I want you to have hope. I want you to have the Jesus that's mentioned in this Bible on Christmas. And so as we go and we begin to look at it, um, we're going to be studying today. i got to give you a little background before I can actually show you the way home. But the background of this scripture, this is called Zechariah's Song. And um, in the Bible, there are Luke uh, writes a uh, narrative of Jesus's life. And how many know the Gospels are four different narratives of the life of Jesus? And Luke gives the best narrative of Jesus as a child. He gives a narrative of Jesus being born and what it was like that night. He gives details that the other ones don't give, and and he gives so much information. And but how many know? Zechariah, it's, um, uh, Luke actually writes, uh, his narrative about the birth of Jesus around four songs. Did you know that? And this is called Zechariah's song. In fact, there are four different songs that the church in the very beginning, these are called the first four songs of Christmas. And you say, man, I love Christmas songs. How many love Christmas songs? And these are the first four songs. Luke, uh, who was a physician, and uh, he was writing these narratives. In fact, he wrote this history about the life of Jesus. Uh, he wrote it in, around the 50s. He started gathering information around 50 A.D. Jesus died in 33 A.D. So how many know Luke was a very unique person? Paul, they, they believe he was a companion of Paul, and they believe that Luke, who was a very careful historian, a physician, a good friend of Paul's, when Paul was in prison in Caesarea Maritima around the late 50s, he was going around gathering information to write a narrative of the life of Jesus. And so what's really neat about Luke is he actually interviewed all these people. <laughs> He's one of the few that actually probably sat down with Mary and actually got the details of what happened in the life of Jesus. And uh, so he wrote details about an eyewitness account. What did Mary see when she was a teenager? How many know Mary was a teenager when she gave birth to Jesus? And so he gets an eyewitness account from Mary. He gets an eyewitness account, most likely, of the shepherds that are out on the fields. 
Uh, he gets an eyewitness account of all the different happenings around the birth of Jesus, and he writes this narrative in Luke. And so this is what's called Zechariah's song. In fact, uh, before I get into my message, I'm going to tell you the four songs that Matthew or Luke writes his uh, narrative around. One is called Zechariah's song. Zechariah is a very interesting person. And in fact, did you notice he's talking about his little boy, his son? And Zechariah was an older priest and he was a Levite. And every day in front of the temple, there was a very large altar where they would sacrifice a lamb. And every day, morning and evening, they would sacrifice a lamb. And somebody would go in and offer incense to the Lord, then would come out and give a benediction. And then they would, they would pray over the people and bless them. Well, I want you to see how unusual these four songs are. Because Zechariah was an older man, probably getting close to, to being on social security. Okay. He's kind of an older prophet. And he and his wife, Elizabeth, who was the cousin of Mary, they had never had a child. And so their whole life, they had to live with the shame of never having had a child. Well, Zechariah, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience for a priest, to, his name to be cast, the lot would be cast to him, and he would be the one to offer incense. So in Zechariah's song, Zechariah goes and offers incense that day, and here's what's amazing. He's in there praying, and Luke is recording the information that he had an angelic visitation. In fact, an angel came... And you'll see in the prayer of Zechariah in Luke chapter 1 at the end, it says that the angel said that you and your wife are going to have a son. And Zechariah couldn't believe it. He was up in years. His wife wasn't as old as him, but she was pretty old too. And the Lord said, you're going to have a child. And he didn't believe it. And so the angel of the Lord said, what's going to happen is you're not going to be able to speak until this child is born. And so how many think that would be a very memorable day? Because what would happen is the priest would come out from offering the incense. They would offer the sacrifice on the altar and there would be a Levitical choir that would be around to sing. Now what would happen if the priest that comes out to say the blessing, they make the sacrifice and the choir sing, suddenly is not able to speak? (laughs) <laughs> and this is the miracle of what's called um, Zachariah's song. He comes out and he's not able to speak. This is a miracle. How many know this is a Christmas? This is building up toward Christmas. And this is the miracle of Zachariah's song. So he comes out and he can't speak. And the Lord says, you will not be able to speak until nine months later when this child is born. And so he comes out to give the blessing. And how many think that would be a memorable day when there's crowds ready to give the sacrifice? He comes out to give the blessing and all of a sudden he can't speak anymore. So no blessing was given that day. Everybody remembered that day. And Luke was recording what happened. And so God had given him a prophecy in this recorded song of uh, Zechariah is that John the Baptist, who is the cousin of Jesus Christ, was going to come And he was going to prepare something called the way. He was going to prepare the way for Jesus Christ to come. And uh, he was going to be a very special prophet because of that. 
And so I begin to look and you say, well, man, that's not that big of a deal. What is the way that he's preparing for Christ? In fact, I'll give you the other three songs that were that day. The second one is called <clears throat> the Magnificat, which is the, the song of Mary when she found out uh, that she was going to have a child. And she uh, sings a song that is really beautiful because how many know Mary is a teenager and she's impoverished? And so Mary sings a song about how God chose an impoverished little girl and that God chose to, to have his son through her. And it's called the Magnificat. The church has celebrated that song from the very beginning. Then there's Zachariah's song called the Benedictus because he came out to give the benediction and he wasn't able to pray because he was mute. Then the third one is called the Angel Song. How many know the shepherds were interviewed? They were out on the hill uh, the angel, the angels appeared to shepherds out on the hill, and this is called the angel song. It's the third song of Christmas, the angel song. Then the fourth song is called the Song of Simeon, and that's found in Luke uh, chapter two. So in chapters one and two, there are four songs. The Song of Simeon is an amazing song. In fact, I'm not going into the other four songs, but Simeon was an old man. And Simeon was very up in years and Simeon his whole life had prayed to see the Savior that was going to be born. And every day he would go into the temple and every day uh, would look for the Messiah. And finally Simeon came in and the song of Simeon is him saying, I finally have looked into the eyes of the one that God sent to be the Savior of the world. And so that's the song of Simeon. But the song that I'm talking about today is Zacharias. And it says... For your son will prepare the way for the Messiah. And then at the end, it says he will guide us on the path of peace. And I look at that. And when Jesus Christ said he is the way, I don't think we understand what Jesus Christ is saying. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here is John uh, is going to be the one that's going to open the path to this, this, this thing called the way. And so as you look in the Bible and you begin to try to figure out what is the way, you go to John chapter 14. Turn to John chapter 14 verse 1. And here's a very interesting conversation. It says, Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house as many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going? I would not have told you that I'm going there to pre- prepare a place for you. And if I go out to prepare a place, I will come back and take you to be with me, and you also will be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And so, look at this next question. This is very interesting. Thomas says, "Lord, we do not know where you are going." Do you see what's happening here? Jesus says, I'm going to my home. How many of you think that uh, it would be great to celebrate Christmas in his home? We talked about last week what his house looks like, what heaven looks like. And here is Jesus saying, I'm going to that place. This is my home. And Thomas, how many think you would be confused? You would think to yourself, man, what is he talking about? Jesus said, I'm going to my father's home that has many rooms and I'm taking you with me because you believe. 
He says, I wouldn't tell you if it wasn't true. And then Thomas says this, Lord, we do not know where you are going. We do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? How can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So when John is trying to help find the way, he says, you're going to prepare the way, and Jesus is going to show you the path of peace. What is he saying? He said, I'm going to show you the way home. How many of you know it's amazing to have a home? How many would love to celebrate Christmas where things don't change? where there is joy everlasting, where people don't die, where people don't get sick, where people don't run out of money, where people, there's a, how many know there is a place like that? As long as we're in this world, we have a broken home. We're going to have memories. We're going to have good memories. We're going to have lots of memories. We're going to have lots of things we can look back and, and Christmas is going to stir that up. It's going to be good memories and we're always going to stir up great memories. But how many know we have a home? And Jesus is the only one that can show us the way to home. And God wants us to desire to be on that path to home. And if you don't have that home, it's always going to be disappointing. If you don't have that home, it's always going to be broken. It's always going to be sad. But if you're on the path and you're on your way home, I want to be home for Christmas. Hallelujah. How many want to be in that place that God has prepared where there's no sickness, there's no death, there's no financial problems, there's no poverty? How many know that place exists and the only one that knows how to get there is the one that came from there? Jesus came from heaven to show us the way back. He is the way, the only way. There's no other way to the Father but by the one who came from there. The one who is God. He came to show us the way. Hallelujah. And then you see in the second song, I'm only going through two of these, but the angel said, Glory to God. This is the second song of Christmas. The glory to God in the highest heaven and on on earth peace to those. On earth peace, goodwill toward men. How many have ever heard that scripture? How many have ever seen that on a Christmas card? Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. That's the King James version of that scripture. But you know, a better rendering of that scripture is, in fact, it's a shame because most every other version, um, the end of it says, glory to God in the highest heaven on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. You, You know, we read that Christmas card sometimes and it sounds like it's saying, Peace and goodwill to everyone. Everybody, peace and goodwill. And it sounds like everybody has it. But how many know everybody doesn't have that peace? And the world doesn't have that peace yet. In fact, the Bible says he's the prince of peace. And there's going to come a time when he's going to rule and reign on this earth. And there'll be peace. There'll be no more war. There'll be no, there'll be no, there'll be peace over the entire earth. But the Bible says when this angel comes, 
He says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So this morning, what I want to give you, in fact, did you notice it says that Jesus will show us the path of peace or the way of peace? What is the way of peace and what is the path of peace? In fact, I started looking this up. How many know that if Jesus came and brought peace to the earth, how many know we still have an awful lot of war? In fact, I looked this up, 13 years of war to one year of peace in history. According to an article by the Canadian Army Journal, um, the Academy of Science, aided by historians from England, Egypt, Germany, and India, came up with uh, figures and findings. They said for 36, since 3600 B.C., the world has only had 292 years of peace. During the period, there have been 14,531 wars, large and small, in which 3,640,000 people have been killed. So the scripture says peace and goodwill on earth, right? So what is he talking about? What is the path of peace that the Bible is talking about? Well, let me give you an example. In World War II, and follow me here, there was a man by the name of Mitsuo Fuchida. Fuchida, I'm sorry, Fuchida. Mitsuo Fuchida. And he was, now just think about this. He was the man who led the squadrons of 350 planes that hit Pearl Harbor. He was the lead plane. He was the one that announced the surprise attack and fired the first shots. And he was the one really leading that entire attack. Fuchida was his last name. And so they struck and within an hour and a half it was the largest aerial assault in the history of warfare. When they hit uh, Oahu, I, I believe in Pearl Harbor, and they hit that island. And so it was a massive strike. Okay? And when God talks about peace on earth, he's talking about one heart at a time. And so Fuchida, the war had ended. He was living, you know, with a lot of guilt over what he had done. You know, he had, he had lived with a lot of uh, pain from the war. And let me give you another person. Right after the attack on Pearl Harbor, you just follow the story. Right after the attack on Pearl Harbor, how many of you know that we were definitely caught off guard? It was a surprise attack. Um, and so what we did was we ordered a return attack. It wasn't very successful, but it was to show the Japanese that we were not going to take it, that we were going to prove that we were going to strike back. And so a lot of those pilots attacked, um, they attacked uh, Japan, Tokyo, and a lot, it was a very bad attack. A lot of them ran out of fuel. They couldn't get back to China, a Chinese airstrip where they could refuel. So a lot of those pilots had to abandon their planes and they actually um, landed in Japan and were put in prisoner of war camps. And so there was one particular man um, that was put in a prisoner of war camp and his name was Jake DeShazer. 
And so I want you to think about this Jake DeShazer who hated the Japanese. He sat for four years in a prison of war camp, prisoner of war camp. He uh, absolutely hated Japanese people. He was tortured, he was starved, he was beaten, he was treated terribly. How many have ever heard of the prisoner of war camps and how badly sometimes they're treated? And this man was full of bitterness and full of anger. Now I want you to follow, keep following along here. This is how the Lord brings peace on earth. As he's sitting in this prisoner of war camp, how many would imagine that the bitterness would just absolutely overtake you? It would absolutely destroy you. And he had such a hatred for Japanese people. Uh, he didn't like the way they looked. He didn't like the way they sounded. He didn't like a single thing about them. And uh, one day they requested that they would uh, get reading material. And somehow a Bible ended up in Jake's hands. And when we talk about the peace that God brings to earth, I want you to see the events that occurred once he received the Bible. Because Jake received the Bible, and as he began to read for the first time about the love of Jesus Christ, he began to change. I want you to imagine a man who's being starved, who's being beaten, who has hate and who has bitterness. And he's sitting in a prisoner of war camp and the Bible is in his hand and Jesus begins to impart the peace that these angels talked about. And something instantly began to change in Jake's heart. And how many know in that prisoner of war cell, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And from that day forward, the remaining days that he had, he ministered to the Japanese. He began to love the prison guards. He began to love the people. In fact, he was released from the PLW camp and became a missionary to, you guessed it, Japan. One day, Fuchida, who had been away from the war for five years, was walking down the street and somebody handed him a pamphlet called, I Was a Prisoner of Japan by this prisoner of war. He grabbed the pamphlet and began to read how Jesus Christ changed the prisoner of war. And would you believe that Fuchida gave his heart to Jesus Christ? Fuchida became an evangelist. He went to visit a church where there was a man who was paralyzed because he was on the ground at Pearl Harbor and one of those bombs from the uh, planes that he led hit this man and he became paralyzed and was completely bitter. He was angry and bitter and he received a flyer that said Fuchida, the leader of that squadron, would be preaching that night. And how many know when he preached, it melted all the bitterness and they embraced each other and he gave his life to Jesus Christ that night. So let me get this straight. I wrote this thing. Jake, who hated the Japanese, found Christ in a prisoner of war camp. Uchida, who led the attack at Pearl Harbor, found Christ reading the tract about Jake's life. And Joe Morgan, who was on the ground at Pearl Harbor, found freedom from hatred from Fuchida, who led the squadron. 
You understand how the peace of Jesus Christ works? And so as we go into this Christmas, the Bible said, the angel said that uh, Jesus was going to show us the path to peace. And uh, I was thinking, man, I was just thinking about... um, and I'm not, and I promised myself I wouldn't go real long this morning. But I was just thinking about how the Lord put my feet on that path of peace. How many of you know this world is never going to be perfect? But how many of you know we are the agents of that peace that Jesus brought to this world? God has empowered us with the peace that only comes through Jesus Christ. And, and so the two things I gathered from these dreams, if you'll stand to your feet this morning, is number one, if you don't have a home, Jesus has shown us the path home. And can I tell you, my joy, my peace, everything about me comes from the fact that I know that I have a home and I'm on my way there. Hallelujah. And how many know that He's put us on a path of peace? He has made us have... Imagine the kind of peace that would draw those three men together. (laughs) Can you imagine? And you say, well, man, the wars have an end. God has made us people of peace. God has put peace in our heart. God has given peace to the world, to those who His favor rests upon. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank You, Lord. Lord, inside of us yearns a desire, Lord, to have that perfect Christmas, that perfect family, that perfect life, Lord God. And Lord, in our heart, we yearn for it because that's what we have with You, Lord. You're the perfect Father. It is the perfect home. And Lord, for eternity, we'll celebrate the perfect fellowship, Lord. But Lord, right now, Lord God, we live in a broken world, Lord God. And Father, I just pray this Christmas, Lord, that we would find the God of joy, the God of peace, the God who heals every heart, Lord God. Father, you put us in broken families. You put us in broken homes. Lord, you put love in our heart. To heal the broken, Lord. And Lord, I pray right now, Lord, I've been inadequate to preach it, Lord God. But Lord, I just pray today that we would uh, walk in that peace, Lord God, that was declared by these angels, Lord. Lord, that we would find our way home. Hallelujah. In your name I pray. Now, if you'd keep your eyes closed, I just want to ask you for a moment. Sometimes we get lost. The Bible says that we all like sheep have gone astray. We've all together become lost. And the Lord, I don't know if you've ever been away from home, but the Lord wants you to find your way back to Him. The Lord wants to heal those things in you that are broken. The Lord wants you to walk that path of peace. The Lord doesn't want you to not have a home. 
The Lord wants to fill you with His goodness and His kindness and His love. And so I just want to invite you this morning, if you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, He's calling you home. In fact, I love the sign we have out front that says, Welcome home. That's not to a church. That's welcome home to your Father. Welcome home to God. Welcome to that heavenly home that God's called us all to. And this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you've never um, been on that path home, uh, God wants to put you firmly. God wants you to God wants you to find the way, just like Thomas said, Lord, how will we know how to get to heaven? And Jesus said, I am the way. This morning, if that's you, I want to pray with you. You say, I don't know if I can go up front. I want to pray with you after the service. You've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. Today, this year is the the time to do it. And uh, maybe you're going through a lot of hurts. Maybe you have a lot of pain during this time of year. Maybe you've got a lot of hurts. And and I can tell you the Lord is the one that can heal a lot of that pain. Uh, A lot of people hurt during Christmas. And how many know only God can heal that pain, can heal that hurt? In fact, a lot of you say, well, man, I don't like Christmas because I had an abusive dad or I had an abusive mom. And how many know God wants to fill you with so much love that He'll heal that hurt? God will help you minister to those people in your family that you're dreading to see this time of year. How many know that? You know, uh, God wants to heal broken relationships. You say, well, man, I don't know if God can heal these relationships during Christmas. You know, my God is able to heal broken relationships. Hallelujah. And so we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. We're just going to worship for a little bit. If you need prayer, um, we're going to eat really well really soon here. But if you're hurting or you need prayer or you need somebody to talk to, we're going to give you a few moments. We're going to leave the altar open up here. I'd love to pray with you. We have many here that would love to pray with you. Well, let's just worship the Lord a little bit and then we'll close in prayer. Praise the Lord. Title of the message was The Way Home. And I thought I would have a hard time preaching it, just learning, figuring out how to preach it, but let me tell two stories. I got a little time here, so let me tell two stories here. And this is kind of a morbid story, I know, but how many have ever heard of Hans Christian Andersen, a famous writer, and what a lot of really unusual stories. And one story that he wrote was about a girl called the Little Match Girl. How many have ever heard that story? And um, in a way, as an allegory, it reminds me a little bit of the way that I look at my heavenly home. And it was about a little girl during the Industrial Revolution. He was from the 1840s. And uh, she had a very hard life. And she had an abusive father. Stick with me on this one. She had an abusive father. She had nobody else in her life but her father. And um, she, he would make her go out and sell matches and make a few pennies. And, and uh, 
if she came home and didn't sell anything, he would he would give her a beating, you know. And it, and it makes me think about so many that are hurting. And the little girl would sit there. She had found two buildings and just sat between them and had a, she didn't sell any. She didn't want to go home. She didn't want a beating, you know. So, light the match and she would see memories of grandma and she would see the she could smell the roast turkey and see the tree and the gifts the flame would go out she was cold again she'd light another one she would feel the warmth of Somebody who loved her. And the flame would go out and she seen a star fell from the sky and she said, Grandma always told me when a star fell, somebody died. And so she lit all of them and she could feel the warmth. And she smiled as her she could see her grandma picked her up, danced around with her, loved her, and held her. The next morning, they found the little girl with a smile on her face and froze to death. And can I tell you, it's a morbid story. But I've got a heavenly home. And... Sometimes in my heart, can't you just feel yourself dancing in heaven and all the problems of this world are gone away? And can I tell you, if you don't have a heavenly home, you don't have a home in heaven that you dream about, and there's just too many things in this world it can go wrong. But I'm telling you, that little baby in that little manger is all the hope that you'll ever need. If you don't have that, life is hopeless. But if you have it, you have everything. You can be an impoverished little girl. And, and see, what a lot of people don't know is Hans Christian Andersen wrote that story because his mother uh, was impoverished and she would sit under a bridge and she would try to sell matches and she was poor and his dad um, would beat her. Her dad would beat her and his grandma was very loving. And so he wrote that story because it was his hope. There's a lot of kids around the world, their hope is heaven. Hallelujah. Their hope is heaven. And if that is not your hope, then we don't have any. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father. Lord, we're so happy that you died for us, Lord, that you showed us the way home. Lord, I pray that I'm not the only one that has found it, Lord, because it is joy, absolute joy, Lord God. There's nothing in this world that will ever get me down, Lord God. There's no Christmas would I ever be sad. It's everlasting joy forever, Lord God, because I can't wait to be with you, Lord. 
Lord, I pray that that same hope of Christmas would, Lord, be living in every heart this morning, Lord. That they wouldn't be down, Lord, by the problems in their family, by the problems in their finances, Lord, the problems uh, with their relatives, Lord, the problems with relationships, Lord, but this morning that they would just dream about home. It won't be long, Lord, we'll be there with you. And Lord, let them be filled with the joy of Christmas, Lord God. In your name I pray. Hallelujah. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah.